0: to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit Rajana.com forward stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now let's get to grinding. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Stay Grounded Podcast. My name is Raj Jana, and I'm your host. And today, I am sitting with an incredible human being and my personal trainer, actually, Edward Bryan. Edward, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. So, I want to give a quick bio um, on Edward and uh, and and some of the things he's done over his life, and why I think he's such an amazing person to have on the show, and all the things we can learn from him. So. Edward's 28, um, and at the age of 17, he was uh, 380 pounds and diagnosed with hypertension and a heart condition called atrial fibrillation. Um, since that age, um, he's pretty much started an 11-year journey that taught him to improve every part of his life through diet, movement, discipline, and uh, he looks absolutely phenomenal today. Um, and he's and he's helping other people do the same. So um, I just love love being around edward he's a super positive energy and vibe and uh and i think that he has a lot to share so edward uh without uh with, without further ado i'd love for you to introduce yourself to the to our audience and and just get you going man
1: all right man yeah I'm, my name's edward i'm a personal trainer at a gym called c4 athlete in houston texas i uh i i've stumbled into that place after kind of being lost you know uh w- when i was 17 and diagnosed, I took all the medicine that all my doctors prescribed. I think at that time I was on six or seven pills or something. And I was young and I was like, cool. I didn't really, you know, no one talked to me about uh, prevention or what I had to do, just get on the meds, of course, lose some weight. But I just kind of got on the meds, made me feel better. And I just kept about my business. Um, you know, but you know, at that time I was partying all the time and I didn't really care that I was so heavy and I didn't really care about this. Harrowing experience I had with my heart condition, I just kept going and it really didn't hit me too heavy till I was about like 22, 23 when I had my worst episode of atrial fibrillation that really like, you know, made me step back and go, what am I doing with my life? Uh, what, what AFib is, is, a, is a, an arrhythmia in which the top ch- chamber of your heart stops beating within a rhythm. So I like to explain it. It's like uh, my heart feels like a washing machine when it's happening. It's like uh, wow, <laughs> there's just a bunch of erratic craziness going on in my chest. And um, another side effect is it, is it causes it's, it causes a response called RVR, which stands for rapid ventricle ventricular response, where the bottom chamber of your heart starts so freaking out if it, it tries to keep up. And what's dangerous about that is the, the blood flow to your organs starts to slow down, and you get lightheaded, and all kinds of stuff. And so. For whatever happened that day, it was really bad. Uh, I went to the ER. Usually when I had I'd gone to the ER when I was 17, but I was kind of in and out. They were like, yeah, this happens. It's weird because you're so young, but you know, here's some meds. Uh, you're fine now and, and go about your business. But that time when I was 23, I went in and they were like, yeah, we can't convert you. Uh, we can't get you back to a normal sinus rhythm. I think I was there for 19 hours. It was uncomfortable. And uh, when they can't convert you through chemical means, they um, shock you. Like the, you know, the, you know, you see in like the, wow. Movies. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so I was freaking out, you know, they were getting ready to, to convert me like that. And, uh, I don't know what happened. Like right when <laughs> they were about to wheel me out of the room, I popped back into a, a normal sinus rhythm and there were like, uh, you know, a lot of things have to change for you. And one of the, the thing that stuck in my head was they were like, you're going to have to have a heart procedure, you know, heart surgery. And, uh, I was like, is there any other way? I can do that because, you know, at 22 years old, getting heart surgery isn't, you know, it was scary.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And uh, the cardiologist they had assigned me was like, well, if if it were him at that time, at that age, uh, with those symptoms, he would elect for the surgery. And so I was like, okay, can I have more information about it? And uh, he was like, yeah. And then he prescribed me to two medications. One's called Zorelto, which is a blood thinner. Uh, and another one called Multac, which is an antiarrhythmic. And so when he gave me those two things, I uh, I read through the pamphlets, and they both had like textbook pamphlets, and I was like, man, both of the side effects on these are horrifying. And Zorelto is a blood thinner um, that was fairly new at the time, and it didn't have an antidote. So the danger there is, say, I get in a car wreck, and I you know I don't know I have a, a bad cut. I'm just going to bleed and bleed and bleed and there's nothing that can be done immediately to stop the bleeding. And the only, the only option is to have a blood transfusion. So you'd have to have a response there immediately, get it out of there. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, I need to figure all this out. And, uh, so what I did was I, I got home. I was like, all right, I need to, well, first I need to lose the weight because the weight wasn't helping my heart. Um, <clears throat> I had high blood pressure, I was on all kinds of medicine and I was like, I need to figure out how to do this. So I just went online and I was—I uh, I got in on, on a bunch of forums. Uh, the AFib community was really cool. What's funny about AFib is it's the most common arrhythmia amongst people over 70. And it's incredibly rare amongst people under 30. <laughs> so wow, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I'm in like this weird anomaly situation. Of course, and, yeah. When I was talking to people, you know, they were like, "Well, it's weird that you're so young, but you know, this is what I do. This is how, you know." And they all had kind of the same story. Yeah, they told me about the the procedure, Malatag, you know, all these different medicine. And uh, what I had learned through talking to them was that it seems to be hydration dependent. So, AFib is like a short circuit. You have two nodes in your heart that 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 um, regulate your rhythm. They're like natural uh, pacemakers, and whatever triggers your AFib. Um, means that there's an electrical impulse that's not firing correctly and different things can trigger them. And so some people coffee triggers it. Some people alcohol triggers it. Some people extreme exercise triggers it. And so, you know, uh, everyone that I was talking to was saying, if you could find your trigger and then mitigate that, you can tend to have a better quality of life. And maybe you don't have to jump into the procedure or jump into more medicine. So I was like, okay. So (coughs) um, I was thinking back and Anytime I drank or if I partied with friends, it never really happened. Um, I was like, like, coffee didn't really bother me. Um, chocolate triggers other people. And I was like, I like chocolate. That never really bothered me. But so as I was thinking, about it, I was like, okay, well, all of my episodes seem to happen two to three days after I've partied a little bit, and uh, if I had like not drank a lot of water. And so I was like, huh. So I started like really thinking about it. Thinking about it. every time it was it was um, triggered, and I was like, yeah, it seems that when I'm when I'm low on hydration, something is up so i was reading the best supplements to uh kind of help regulate the electrical flow from your brain to your heart and magnesium was a big one and calcium all the all the electrolytes are are huge and so i started supplementing with magnesium and uh and then i uh i stopped having palpitations so i still get them every now and then they're called pvcs where you know that feeling where your heart skips a beat or beats you know yep I have an yeah. extra beat, yep. so that happens to me all the time, and I just thought it was part of my life after I got the after I got the uh, diagnosis. And they're, they're pretty benign; they're not that dangerous. Um, and most people don't feel them. Everybody gets them. It happens when you like change position or walk upstairs. But I was really sensitive to it, and um, after I started taking the magnesium, they kind of disappeared. I was like, "Oh, this is really interesting." And so uh, I found a hydration powder by this company Vega. It's like this vegan um yep, like yeah you know. yeah and uh they make a hydrate that had no sugar um and so i was like cool i didn't want to take Gatorade all the time and so <clears throat> i started supplementing with that every day twice a day and i had no episodes for a while um and the reason i chose the no sugar one is to kind of back- backtrack is uh as on my journey to to lose weight i had uh, my doctor had prescribed me to a uh, you know eat every 2 hours low fat high uh lots of whole grain diet. And it worked. Um but I couldn't I kept yo-yoing, so I'd, I'd lose weight and then I'd gain weight and then I'd lose weight. And I was tired of eating bulgur wheat and uh, you know, oatmeal and stuff like that. And so one day I was listening to the to the Joe Rogan podcast and a guy named Dave Asprey was on and he was talking about high fat and bacon and butter and eggs. Yeah. And I was like, what are you? <laughs> like, I was like, okay, cool. I mean I like eggs and all those things, but I, I thought I can't have them anymore. And so I went to my doctor with all that this information. He, he told me I was crazy. Um, I was like, well, I would like to try it out. You know, can, you, can we take my blood, blood work today and, you know, in six months, we'll, we'll see where I'm at. And my doctor has been super cool. He's been my doctor since I was like 13. He was, he's been my primary care forever. So we have a, a cool relationship. And uh, he was like, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. What's going to happen here if you go eggs every day, bacon, butter, whatever? Your cholesterol is going to go through the roof and you're going to be on another medication. And I was like, okay, but what if that's not the case? And he was like, I'll quit my job. And I was like, all right, challenge accepted. (laughs) And so I I went on this journey and I didn't add any movement in right away. At first it was all diet. Um, I was scared to get my heart rate up naturally because of my AFib. Cause I it's just that it's just like a mental block, and so I was like, I'm not going to run, I'm not going to do anything that's yeah. going to get my heart right up. It was really uncomfortable, and it actually caused panic attacks. Like early on, like if I felt my heartbeat, I'd like start freaking out. And so uh, I just went high fat, low carb. I, I cut out all grain, I cut out all added sugar, and uh, I was eating eggs and bacon every day, and spinach and broccoli. And within that first three years, so I'm 28 now. I, I started at around 23. Within the first three years, so I was about 26. I lost around a hundred pounds, like so ish yeah, yeah. with the low grain stuff and the yo-yoing, but then the rest all came off high fat. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and so, you know, going back to my doctor, he was like, this is insane. This doesn't make any sense. He still tells me that by the way. And I've been, I go to him twice a year over a year and uh, he, uh, he just couldn't understand it. And I didn't really get it either. I was like, whatever, you know, it, it worked. And I liked it. And it, the thing that like I loved about it is with these high grain carbohydrate diets, you crash. And that's why you have to eat every two hours. Your, yeah. your glucose drops and then you're kind of bogged down and you're, okay, I, I need another pick me up. And it was like that roller coaster. I was dependent. Right, my energy right. was dependent on my, on my frequent meals. That's amazing, man. I, am I'm,
0: I'm, I think what, what impresses me most about your story is you kind of, for lack of a word or hacked your way um, away from conventional thoughts from people who seem to know what they're talking about and started just testing and tweaking until you found a solution that works perfectly for your life. Right. Um, I'm, I'm beyond impressed by that. What kind of, I, I'd love to kind of (coughs) dive into that part. So what kind of mindset did it take for you to start getting comfortable with the idea of like almost testing on yourself?
1: Um, well I guess, like the way I was raised, the way my mom raised me was she never like, she never gave me like a, a concrete, like if someone tells you to do this, then that's what has to happen. Um, she was always like, if you feel that there's another way or if you could figure out another way then go for that way. So I, with that mindset, I kind of had, I had issues in school, like I had issues in high school with like, like they said I had authority issues and I would, I would, (laughs) I would ask, I would ask teachers questions and you know, I was, I wasn't just sit there and be like, okay, yeah. You know, I I was always curious about things. And, um, from that, I was like, when I was at my worst when I was at complete rock bottom after that big, crazy episode I had, I was like, well, I did all this to myself. Um, it's the AFib doesn't happen on, on its own. It's all dependent on how, you know, your, your choices. And, you know, I was almost 400 pounds. I had everything that was, that had happened to me was my fault. I think that's like most of the battle. People want to, you know, look and blame, blame their metabolism or blame, you know, well, my parents fed me too. It's, it's, it's my fault. Right. You know? uh, uh, And so I was like, if I got that far back on my own, I can hopefully, Call my way forward on my own. And so when I was told things that I didn't like hearing, like I had to have surgery, I was like, let me try to find people that are in similar situations. And when I heard that they were like, you don't need it, I didn't do it that way. And, and the more I heard that, I was like, okay, cool. Well, then I'm going to try my own thing. And if it didn't work, I would have went to the conventional methods of, I would have got the surgery done. Maybe it would have worked. Maybe it wouldn't have, who, who knows. But the, the unconventional approach worked for me. And so from having success there, made me go, okay, well, I, I can approach all kinds of things that way. And so, um, that's kind of how, how I live my life still, you know, it's, uh, uh I'm, I'm questioning everything. I'm always, you know, researching, looking at different, uh, different avenues for different, with clients and training, I'm always doing different things and trying new stuff. I'm always trying to figure it out outside of the norm, if, if you will, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> I, I think that's, that's, that's amazing. And, You said something that really stuck out to me, you know, in order for you to really embrace this next phase was for you to take ownership that this was your fault. Right. Um, and I think that's so powerful because a lot of people, it's, I mean, me included, it's so easy to blame. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to take ownership. So tell me about that, that, that sort of change. Once you took ownership, how did your mindset change? How did you, how did you start approaching your routines, discipline? I mean, What like just dynamically
1: in your life? How did how did things change? Well, I guess for for me, I think complacency is is the devil, right? And so uh, I was comfortable in being medicated, having my diseases, and not really being proactive and trying to change anything. I was like, I have medicine; everything's cool. And then everything wasn't cool. <laughs> you know, so yeah. my, my, uh, my truth was, was incorrect, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I was comfortable. And then because of my comfortability, I was, I dug myself into a deeper hole and had one of the worst experiences of my life. And so, uh, from that, I was like, I, I can't ever get complacent again with anything really, you know, uh, I, I mean, I took a different approach to my job, you know, uh, how I, I became a personal trainer was out, you know, outside of normal means. Um, Everything that's kind, everything I've done has kind of been different, you know. I I I dropped out of of high school at seventeen, got my GED, and then I uh, was like, "All right, what am I doing now?" And you know, what's funny about the the the, I'm dropping out bit is like part of that was predicated because of this disease. You know, I was a junior when it happened, and I had I was I was out of school, and I was bummed out and. I was like, "What am I going to do with my life?" And at the time, I was really into playing guitar and whatever. But I, I had no idea what to do, and like my sickness was kind of uh, the the I guess the the bed rest it allowed, it just allowed me to kind of think on on what I wanted. And at first, you know, I would say the first three three four years, I didn't I didn't I had no idea. And then when it got really bad, I was like, "Well, I, if I, once I started f- uh, fixing myself, I was like, I can fix others as, as well." And at first I wanted to just kind of do like a a lifestyle blog website, you know, write about food and stuff. Yeah. I wasn't planning to be a trainer. And then, uh, I, uh, I started exercising. And, um, what was funny is like, uh, my aunt had got me a a personal trainer and, uh, you know, we did like, we walked for 30 minutes on the treadmill and blah, blah, but I was bored, man. I was bored with like that routine of that, that conventional exercise routine of, you know, uh, you just when you're really big, you have to start slow. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, what's a different way to do it?" And so I was, uh, I found the sprint protocol that I liked, and it sucked. Like it was hard on me, but it was instead of walking for 30 minutes, I was doing things as hard as I could for you know two minutes, and that I identified with that more. And then I found kettlebells. That's an unconventional tool. And I always wanted to figure out how to kind of take control of of my of my my myself and my 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 own my own way to, to, to get where I need to be because it worked so well for me when it came, it came to my heart disease. And, um, that's all it was. It was just, I, it worked at one time and then I was, then it worked again with my, with my job as a personal trainer. And that now it's working again with, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm starting a, a, a lifestyle website finally, you know, <laughs> like uh, I'm going to have that yeah. in, in, uh, in January and it's, it's an exciting time, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, and that's and that's
1: that's I guess that's just this idea that like I said
0: you know once you hit rock bottom you you kind of have to move forward um and and i I've always wished that you know I could kind of train myself to feel like I've hit rock bottom so that mm. i can I can feel like I've got a you know a chip on my shoulder or okay. like I have to move forward right um and it's and it's always been tough for me to get into that zone so uh, you know do you have any tips for anybody who isn't who like I said who who feels comfortable where they are in their lives. Right, right. Um, but, you know, can
1: take action to move forward before something like this happens or... Of course, yeah. So what I tell people, especially in my line of work, you know, I deal with, you know, people coming in that want to lose weight or they want to, you know, improve their fitness. And one thing for me is like, you have to look at if, if, you're, if you're ultimately, if you're complacent in, in, in your lifestyle and, and everything is cool, but there's like, there's something else you want to reach for. So say, say like me first, I'll I'll, I'll use myself as an example. When I I was overweight and I was afraid to exercise, I was comfortable not exercising. And so uh, I lost the weight through diet alone and that was nice. But I would look at myself and I'd be like, man, I'm kind of in the opposite scenario as I was before I was real puffy. And now I'm kind of scrawny and loose and weird looking. And so uh, people that are comfortable in their normal routines, you just got to look for... How can I make myself better? Because that opportunity is always there. Even you know, even if, even if you know ev- everything is, is firing on all cylinders, and there's always something that's falling behind that, that you, you can improve on. I, like that's one thing that I think thinking of performance first above anything else is the best way to keep yourself in check in terms of never getting comfortable. Because if you're always thinking about how you can better yourself. Then you always have to get because you're, no one's perfect. No, no one can ever be perfect. You have to keep going, keep going, keep finding that thing that that inspires you, and keep reaching for it. And uh, I, I think that's the best way to, to to go about everything, really. And it's all about what you know, what, what you want to put effort in. It, it, it could be something as simple as you know, if you're a you know, if you're a, a, a couponer, you 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 you. Yeah. you like, Couponing at the grocery store, we'll, we'll hustle mm-hmm. at that, man. Be the best couponer you can be. If you play video games and that's what you love doing, hustle at that. If you if you are good at researching things and you know talking to people, research harder than anybody else. That's like the you just got to keep grinding and grind and find that thing that that um, keeps you challenged and, and, and always go for it. Because if you kind of if you just kind of if you're stuck, then you know when you're stuck. Everyone knows when they're stuck, and no one likes it. You can pretend that you like it. But uh, if you're stuck in a, in a comfortable zone and you're like, man, you know, I, I, wish, I wish I had more to offer, well, let's figure it out and push.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, I love that a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a mindset that, like I said, you know, it's, it's not something that everybody's got. They're not born with it. What, what I love about working out and staying healthy and, and kind of, you know, getting after it each day is this idea that you, like every day can be day one.
1: You don't have to, like
0: any day can be day one. You just have to decide that today is the day I'm going to be better. Exactly. So let me ask you this, you know, walk me through your routine. So like when you, walk me through what your morning routine looks like, you know, how do you sort of squeeze some of these, you know, disciplines and activities into your day so that you can get the most out of it? Um,
1: well... Uh, I wake up really early. <laughs> okay, uh, I, w- I wake up at like four, four fifteen ish, four, four thirty a.m. Yeah, you know, uh, my first client's usually at either five a.m. or five thirty. So just through that alone, it's kind of taught me appreciation. Uh, it's it's or it's early as hell, and then you never get used to it. It's just kind of I'm up at four. Here we go. Um, and so that that kind of kind of kicks your butt every day. It's, it's a humbling experience every day. Mm-hmm. And I, that's one thing I'm, I'm big on humbling experiences. Um, that's like, that's how I approach, uh, my workouts as well. I'm always trying to break myself. That's what I tell my clients uh, every day. If, when I'm, when it's time for me, when it's my turn, after the clients go home, I'm trying to break myself every single day and, and, and humble me and question what the hell I just did to myself. And yeah. so that's, that's I, you know, that's how, I, that's how I keep it rolling. But, um, what I do in the morning is uh, I, I get up and I, uh, I, have, I have some coffee. Um, I started drinking coffee uh, a lot after the whole Dave Asprey bulletproof e- explosion. Right. And uh, I've kind of tweaked his recipe a bit. I don't put butter in it anymore because I found I really like cold brew. I like cold brew more than um, hot brewed coffee. Cold brew is delicious. I always have like a, a bachelor cold concentrate in the, in the fridge. And what I do is I, I mix MCT oil cause it's uh, it's liquid at room temperature and I just buzz that up. And that's it. Just some ice in my Yeti. Then I'm out the door. Nice. Um, then, you know, I, I usually work between three, three to four hours in the morning and then I have to do something active. So um, whether it's a full on strength circuit or it, or it could be a 10 minute, um, kettlebell workout. It doesn't really, to, to me. The time doesn't matter really. It's, it's all about the effort. And that's kind of what I try to portray to my clients as well. Um, I don't, I don't, me personally, I don't get people that go to the gym and work out for three and a half hours. I don't, it's just not my thing. You know, if you can kill it for 10, 20, 30 minutes, it's, 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 it's the same to me. So every day I have to, I have to hit the, you know, I have to do something hard for 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then I could get home. And one thing that kind of keeps me um, uh, keeps me grounded is, is is cooking. I love cooking. That was the thing I fell in love mm. with on this on this journey. Um, learning, you know, learning about the paleo diet and the primal diet and that whole way of living was just to appreciate ingredients and sources of ingredients and uh, the dip, you know, spices and how you can make. That. I just fell in love with cooking. And so that's every day. I come home. My first meal is at about 12, 1 o'clock and i I cook something. I cook something. I try to make something up. I try not to look at recipes too much. I just kind of I dabble. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then after that, I'm either I I take a lot of naps because I'm, I'm I'm up so early. I try to take a a 30-minute nap every day. And um yeah, that's that's about it. And then I'm I'm back to work uh from 4 to like 8. And then once I'm, once I'm home, once I'm home it's time to unwind. I I, I take the nighttime to just kind of chill and you know, put on some Netflix or something and just hang out. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 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 absolute variables in my life are that workout after my clients are gone, and then cooking, coming home and making a meal. Trying not to go out. Trying not to go. All right, I I, I need something quick. I know I want to come home, cut something up, throw it in a pan, and work to get my um, my bounty, if you will.
0: That was actually going to be my next question. What are your non negotiables? But yeah, uh-huh. that's that sounds like. I love that. So it sounds like cooking is something that, that you, you truly enjoy. Is that something it. that, that, and, and, you know, I've I've always thought this, you know, kind of what makes you happy always falls back on to some principle of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does gratitude play a daily role in your life? <laughs> and, and, and how do you, how do you make time to cultivate it? I mean, just by cooking, I feel like there's probably something that comes out um, oh, totally. about the process.
1: Of course. Yeah. I mean, from that perspective, from like the, just, I'm grateful for everything just because, you know, not everyone's going to start at such a low place. You know, I was, I started, mm, yeah. you know, yeah. and so, uh, I'm grateful that I got out of it. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for all kinds of things. I'm grateful for the way I was raised. I'm grateful for the owner of the gym I work at. You know, she really, uh, she, she, she believed in me from the beginning and now I've kind of you know woven my style of training into into the fabric of that place, and it's really cool and Laura's like the coolest person ever um, and uh, yeah when on the journey to like to you know learning this paleo style of eating, um, I learned to just be grateful for like in like like food food as medicine basically you know uh, mm. I, I got off of uh, most of my meds I'm still on a beta blocker, um, which they tell me I'm probably going to have to be on for the rest of my life maybe. And what's weird about that is, uh, beta, they, uh, it like shunts your like, um, adrenaline response. So I don't get like startled anymore. It's cause I've been on it for so long. It's kind of a weird, uh, uh, side effect. And so, uh, I can like my 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 fiance kind of gets mad at me when we're arguing because I can be like I don't get riled up like it's just kind of she's like why aren't you upset it's just kind of a funny thing but um uh I was I managed to get off all those all those meds because uh I was like learning about you know what the benefit of the benefit of high fat and and supplementing with those um, electrolytes what it did for me and and I'm grateful for all that knowledge that I was that I cultivated and so how I practiced it every day just kind of sitting in it you know my whole life has kind of come out of this unconventional approach you know I I didn't do anything like I was supposed to do if you will you know in high school I was told I was going to be some you know I'm going to be some failing kid or I wasn't going to be successful and and I'm, you know, I'm doing what I want to do now. And I'm not, you know, a lot of my classmates don't have that, that luxury, you know, they're grinding on the, on the, on the corporate dime. And so I never wanted to do that. So, and I'm just grateful for the the steps that I, I've taken, the, the opportunities that presented them, themselves. And that's how I, I practice gratitude. I just sit in it every day and I, I I think about it constantly.
0: I think that's beautiful. Um, And, you know, just by hearing you, you talk about the way gratitude plays a role in your life, I think that like you've gone through a lot of crappy stuff. Like you've had a lot of crap happen in your life. And the fact that that you're so grateful on the other side of it, I I think personally, that's that's probably a testament to how much accountability you hold for yourself. Um, Which I think is one of the most amazing things about you. you. You take complete ownership for where you are, who you are. And you're, I can just feel the gratitude flowing through your voice for all the things you're grateful for, instead of all the things you're not grateful for. Right, right. Um, and I think you know I'm a big fan in, of, of just the concept of manifestation. And you know, the more you focus on something you really want, the more it comes into your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think you're a living example of that, man. And, and I'm and I'm amazed at just how you've lived your life and built such an amazing, uh, just such. I mean, I don't I don't even know how else to say you've just got a cool life. Yeah, Like um, yeah. where you
1: are now. Yeah. It's turned out pretty cool. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't, I, yeah, it, it all kind of fell on my lap. You know, it was funny. Um, uh, I was talking to Laura who's the, the owner of, of C4 athlete one day and I was telling her like, when I decided to become a trainer, I got a job at the Y and the reason I got a job at the Y and the particular YMCA I chose in the Woodlands is I knew that it was dead all the time. Like it's a weird, it's a, like a weird neighborhood. It was a brand new neighborhood and there weren't, there weren't a lot of houses yet, but I just knew there was no, never going to be anyone there. And it was going to give me time to study my um, NASM book to get my certification. But I also wanted to be in a gym just to be in the vibe. Like I just wanted to be surrounded by equipment and people coming in and out. I don't know why I had that thought. I was like, maybe it'll help me. And, uh, uh, so, you know, this was before I knew who Laura was, before I knew what c athlete was, and I would just go there every day and read my book. And one day my mom called and uh, was like, hey, uh, one of my co-workers' daughters uh, is a co-owner of a gym in Houston. And she's, I told her who you are and what's been going on and, you know, how the changes you've made and she's interested in meeting you. And I was like, uh, cool. Yeah, like I'll go down there, you know. So the next day I, I hitched on down to, it was called a bungalow fitness at the time. <coughs> I met um, a girl named Angie, who is Laura's partner. I didn't meet Laura till the next week, but as soon as I walked into that gym, I was like, Oh, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to work here. Like, yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, this is, this is, this is where I'm going to be. I, I was, I was like in that moment, I was like, my two weeks are in tomorrow. I'm back. I'm going to be at this place. And, um, uh, at the time they were running an internship and it was me and like, I think five other people. And, uh, I was, I was like, all right, cool. If there's a competitive thing, I, I like to compete, you know, and, and there was only one of us who's going to make it. So that was kind of cool to be a part of that. And, uh, so the next weeks, next two, three weeks or so were just me going there twice a week to sit in and read the book with everybody and go into this, this, this intern program. And then one day Laura pulled me aside after, after the internship and said, um, one of our current trainers just put in there two weeks. Can you get your certification in that same amount of time? Wow. And <laughs> so when I got the job at the Y, I was like, I'm going to take all six months I have this book for. To take the, take my time through the certification, and I, so at this time it was less. It was just under two months, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I work better under pressure. Let's get it done. I'll get it done in two weeks. And that next week, I went, I tested, I passed my first time, and the, I had a full roster of clients right away. And that's that's how I did it. I mean, all that just fell into my lap. It's just the craziest thing, you know. Like I had this goal of I want to work at a gym, and so I got to the why and whatever, and then it just kind of manifested itself. It's like that's the weirdest thing that's happened so far.
0: I love that story. That is, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, and man, especially that, you know, six months to one week. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I've, you yeah, know, this is definitely something I've experienced. You know, when I, when I set deadlines for myself for challenging deadlines that scare me, yeah. um, it's almost like your body and whatever ounce of focus you have just kicks into hyperdrive right. and you're able to crank out a lot more, which is, you know, just amazing. So, Man, yeah, I, I, I love your story and you know, I love that. And I think you serve as such an amazing example for a lot of different people, no matter what walk of life they're in. Um, and just the fact that one, if you want to make a change in your life, you can make a change. You just That's need right. to decide to do it. That's and right. two, if you want something, immerse yourself in it and mm-hmm. it'll come to you and you're a living walking example of that edward and and i i love it man i'm i'm inspired by you and awesome. your and your story and and it's and it's amazing so let me ask you this um you know what are some of the resources that you found most helpful when you were you know getting yourself healthy getting yourself back on track were there books mentors uh like just other influences you know who, who was your biggest inspiration to keep moving
1: um so at the time when I was, you know, uh, scrambling, trying to figure out how to not be so medicated. Um, uh, my aunt is a life coach and, uh, she had asked me if she wanted, if I had ever thought about, uh, a life coach. And I was like, no. And she was like, you know, she couldn't coach me cause we're family, but she had a friend that, um, she was, she was willing to pay for for me for me to have a coach for three months. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I'd love to talk to this person. And, uh, uh, she, I remember the first phone call and we, her name was Ashley Folsom. And, uh, like that kind of changed my whole, like it changed my life really. Just having just the, the back and forth was, was big for me. And I always had like crazy ideas and I didn't know how to, you know, I, I never, I'm, I still don't journal that much. Like I'll, I'll, I'll type stuff out when I'm like scrambling in my head, but having just the, the audible back and forth of getting my ideas out and having some feedback coming back at me was huge for me, man. It was, it was awesome. And I looked forward to those calls and I hope she's doing awesome. I haven't talked to her in years now, but, um, she really helped yeah. me. And, uh, that's kind of what kickstarted the whole getting that job at the Y and to immerse myself in that environment because I wanted to sit in there and, and, and feel what it was to be at a gym all the time. And, um, outside of her, there were, online resources were huge. I mean, Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus and the whole Onnit crew over there is, was a huge inspiration. I, I remember I knew about Onnit before they opened the gym, before, you yeah. know, uh, and, um, I was, you know, I tried their supplements or something. Supplement, I don't, I'm, they're great, but they're, they're just not for me. And I'm not, uh, um, <clears throat> um, but, uh, the two biggest inspirations, honestly, were Dave Asprey from Bulletproof and Mark Sisson from Mark's Daily Apple. Um, Mark, Mark. When I found Marksdailyapple. dot com, um, everything was primal lifestyle, paleo, um, scientific reasons why it works, and you know that's where I learned about you know insulin and glucose and 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 high fat and all that stuff. And I was like, man, this is blowing my mind, and I didn't understand why this wasn't just regular knowledge. And then um, uh, you know I kept up with those two. throughout, throughout the years. And, um, on, it's still a, a huge inspiration. I'm actually certified. I have two certifications through them now. So I've been in their facility. I've, I've met all the, the guys nice, yeah. the, in the fitness department. They're all super cool. And, uh, that's been it. And then the most recent, I guess, addition to, to my life was, um, Mark Sisson had, you know, he, he started his own primal health coach sort certif- uh, certification program. And I, I bought it and I went through it. And it took like three months. And now I'm 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 a primal health coach under Mark Sisson's program, which was so cool to me because he was such a, uh, a a huge role in my life learning about all this stuff. So yeah, those are the resources I, I use the most. Um on it with their unconventional tools, um, you know, uh they they use crazy some maces, clubs, kettlebell, kind of, all the stuff we offer at, at at C4 Athlete and Dave Asprey with Bulletproof, the coffee, and Mark Sisson with all the you know, all the science behind it is was what kind of led me to where, I'm, where where I am today.
0: Love it, dude. Love it. It's uh, and like I said, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about you. Um, I'm inspired, and I know you've inspired a lot of people who are either going through um, similar health challenges or uh, just want to be better people. So right. I appreciate it, man. Um, I do want to ask one last question. Um, in the midst of everything that's happened to you. Mm-hmm. um, that, you know, and, and you've come so far, how do you stay, stay grounded in this and not let yourself fall backwards? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you just keep the, keep the train moving, even though like you're in good shape, you're feeling good
1: now. How do you, how do you keep that going? <clears throat> well, um, you know, man, like there are times, there have been times where I, have I've, I've, I've backslid a bit fallen into old, old habits and gone, man, why, why am I eating that? Why am I, why am I doing that? And Mm -hmm. I think when I first started this journey, I was like, I'm never going to have a cheat day. I'm going to be hyper-focused all the time and nothing's ever going to happen. I I didn't drink any alcohol for two years. I I didn't have, man, I would go to restaurants and I would be like, what kind of fat did you make this in? And if they didn't use butter, I would ask if they had butter and if they didn't have it, I was leaving. Like that's how I was intense about it. Yeah, And, uh, After a year or two of that, man, it's, you get burnt out. It can't be that great all the time. So for me, I had to be honest with myself and go, I need to, I need to let myself have a day to kind of, if I want some, some dairy free ice cream, I can have it. If I want, you know, what's funny is like people, my clients ask me what a cheat day is for me. And honestly, for me, it's like having an extra, you know, an extra serving of sweet potato chips or something. It's not as exciting (laughs) as other people's uh, (laughs) cheat days, But for me, you know, it's, it's big, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I, I I haven't been perfect to be honest, you know, I I've I've, I've had a couple of, of short slides where I've gained some extra weight. And you know, the thing about weight gain um and genetics is I'm, you know, my my family that you know, uh especially on my dad's side, they're, they're all larger people and so it's like I have that genetic um predisposition to gain weight easier than others. You know, it's, it's everyone has their genetic thing. Some people can eat, you know, all the food in the world and they're, they're the skinniest thing their their whole life. That's just the the roll of the dice. And so I have to be extra disciplined and I'm fine with that. And so, um, there's, I found a happy medium between extreme discipline and extreme obsessiveness about everything I put into my mouth and, you know, kind of give myself a break because it will, it will wear you down. So I always say perfection is impossible. So don't, I mean, uh, don't even try, like just find your happy medium and, uh, where you feel best and, and try to stick within that. Don't beat yourself up. If you have an off day, everyone has off days. It's, that's just part of the, part of the experience. And that, that doesn't mean that you go, okay, I had an off day on Friday, so I won't care about Saturday or Sunday. No, no, no. Own that day, own that Friday and get back on track Saturday. That's, that's, that's just how you, you go about it. And, um, yeah, that's how I approach trying to sort of move forward. Now, there are certain things that I'll never go back to doing. I haven't had, I haven't touched gluten in five years. That's, a, I don't know, that's just a thing. I'm, i don't wow. have celiac disease, but I refuse to eat gluten. Um, there were things that were that would happen to me my whole life that I just attributed to me being me. And one of them was I used to, um, I used to swell up. So I got into um, jujitsu years ago, and I noticed when people would grab my wrist real hard, like I would get like their hand, their finger print like welts on my r- wrists and um, i used to get real bad heat rashes if i was in the sun for too long and it was crazy and i was like yeah that's my life like s- three months into no gluten all of that stopped and so i was like i'm never eating a g- gluten again that's like
0: yeah up. i can imagine yeah
1: <laughs> in the constant um but outside of that <laughs> you know i was grain free for a long time but nowadays if i want some white rice after a hard workout i'll i'll, I'll, I'll eat some white rice if I'm dairy free most of the time, but if I want some cheese on a, you know, on a Saturday night, you know, I'm out with friends. I'll have some, I'll have a slice of pizza, gluten free, obviously. And, uh, that's, you know, you got to find that balance. Being so hyper insane obsessive about things is I don't think it's healthy. I think you got to always give yourself a break and just take a breath and go, okay, if you mess up, you mess up, own it, get back on track the next day.
0: I think that's a really valuable piece of advice. Um, I think a lot of people don't even try doing things because they feel like they have to be on the yeah. other extreme. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, perfectionism—I've always thought is the is like the best form of procrastination.
1: Nah, uh, there you go. I like that. You That's know, a, like, like
0: you're 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 the the more perfect you try to be, the more you talk yourself out of actually trying and just taking action. Right. And uh, so I think what you just said is gonna—it at least for me—it makes me feel better about just. It's not necessarily. Um, the end result that you 're craving it 's almost like the journey so you 're yeah. buying the ups you 're buying the downs, and there I think go. that is, is one just of the most important it. things yep you 're riding it so anyways uh, Edward um, <laughs> I, dude, thank you so much for sharing um, your your story and, and and your thoughts with our audience. Uh, I know that I took a lot of value out of this, and I hope our our audience did too. Awesome. Um, if they wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about you and 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 just you know be a part of your world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how can they do that?
1: Uh, you could check out my website, com. Right now I have a, a cover page up with a, a questionnaire if you want to send me any things your way. Um, at the beginning of next year, I'll be offering health coaching services and online personal training through there. Um, if you're local to the Houston area, you can come check me out at c4athlete.com. Um, you know sk- schedule uh, the, uh, uh, schedule a session if your first two are free. Um, all of the trainers there are, are great and uh, on Instagram my, my handle is uh, grind to thrive there as well.
0: love it grind to thrive. All right folks well there you have it. We've got uh, another episode of the stay grounded podcast uh, locked up. Again, I'm your host rajana and until next time stay grounded. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast brought to you by Java Press Coffee Company. My name is Raj, and I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to make daily happiness a priority. If you're interested in learning more about how your morning coffee can turn into a consistent source of joy in your life, visit www.javapress.com to learn how our products can help you do that and use the coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay Grounded.